a lot of balance is about claiming time so I can allocate that time to motherhood and being with my family. How can you expect to reclaim time if your house is a mess? By house, I don't mean your physical home, but I mean your business. I mean your affairs. I mean the way in which you do things. So take a step back and take a look at whether or not someone could step into your business or your household and help you out today. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pele, and welcome to episode 98 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. We're continuing with our Back to Business Basics series. This is our chance to peel back the layers and check the foundations of our business. For this episode, I'm sharing four ways I balance motherhood with entrepreneurship, especially with the landscape created by COVID-19. Balancing motherhood with work outside the home has always been a challenge. We don't often hear about what that challenge looks like from the perspective of mothers in the entrepreneurial space. While I do get to choose my own hours, I feel like the pressure to succeed while wearing many hats in my business is immense. So with the school year now kicking off remotely for most of us, the challenge seems even greater. So let's talk about it. How do you balance motherhood with running a business? As a reminder, this series of episodes is recorded during our weekly Instagram Live. So from time to time, you may hear me responding to comments from the audience or hear the voice of someone I've invited to come on live with me. Before we hear the rest of this episode, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes. This will help to spread the word of our podcast so the amazing stories we share on this podcast can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with our Back to Business Basics series. I thought this would be a great time to talk about work-life balance, and in my case, business life balance. We're talking about four ways at least I am able to balance motherhood with entrepreneurship, especially in the economy that COVID has created for us. This is our reality. So 30 days for you guys in DFW that the kids need to stay home. Yeah, I think for our Plano ISD district, they've at least, they're trying to get people to stay home until after the Labor Day break, because most people probably will travel. So they're trying to figure out how you can stay home until after two weeks after Labor Day so they can see the, the symptoms have settled, then people can make the choice to come back in. But in either case, as someone who's managing a business, and I see some of you manage businesses as well, this is a new reality. And for moms, for parents, moms in particular, because that's really who I identify most with, we have to figure out a way to balance what we're doing as we grow businesses with managing our families. And this is an age old problem. This is nothing new. If you saw the post I had for this live, I mentioned that there's a little bit of an unspoken bias when people think about moms who are also business owners, entrepreneurs, maybe the unspoken bias for them is that you're not really working, that you have ample time, that you can take things at your own pace and you don't feel or you don't have the same struggles that a mom working a nine to five would. And I just wanted to spell that, but I also don't want this to be a divisive conversation because we're all moms. We all have families to manage. And I think from a systemic perspective, there are things in place that historically have caused moms to be the ones that take on the majority of the housework, the childcare, things of that nature, even if you're the breadwinner in your family. So 
today I wanted to have that conversation from the perspective of an entrepreneur. And for me, the majority of the conversation is centered around claiming back time, getting more efficient in my business and in my personal life so that I can feel a greater sense of balance. And balance doesn't mean that I have 50, 50, 50 or whatever, whatever pieces make up your pie. It doesn't mean that they're all equal at all times, but it means that you can move between those parts as seamlessly as you feel you need to without feeling like you're being drained in any aspect of your life. So one of the things that got me thinking about doing this live was if you follow the leanin.org account, they had a post recently from some a government official that worked for the Hawaii State Commission on the Status of Women. And this is their executive director. This is her auto response. I thought it was hilarious, but at the same time, extremely accurate about what's going on. So this is her auto response. If you sent an email to her and she was out of office or she wasn't able to get to you, she says, due to patriarchy, I'm behind in emails. I hope to respond to your message soon, but like many women, I'm working full-time while tending to an infant and toddler full-time. According to the Washington Post, the average length of an uninterrupted stretch of work time for parents during COVID-19 was three minutes and 24 seconds. So essentially, she's saying, this is the reality I have to deal with. My kids are calling me every three minutes and 24 seconds. And for myself, I've threatened to count how many times my kids call me and they love to do it when I'm on a call in particular. But I'm thankful that I have a little part of our home I can tuck myself in for our phone calls. But if they can get to me, they want to sit on my lap while I'm having a call. If you identify with the struggle of having to balance motherhood with running your business, give me a one. Give me one. Let me know if this is relevant to you. And I don't want to be exclusive as far as the fact that dads play a role in rearing children as well. But I would say historically, women have shouldered the larger part of that burden. So that's who I'm focused on today. Diving into the first, the four ways that I am able to balance motherhood with entrepreneurship, especially within this COVID economy. The first thing I would say is to be transparent, just like the civil servant from Hawaii was transparent from a business perspective or from a work perspective. I would encourage us to be transparent from a business perspective. Let your clients know that things have changed around here. Let them know when you are going to be available to them. You're probably not going to be responding to their 2 a.m. Slack messages if that's how you've set up your business. I personally have set up my business, so I'm not having those 2 a.m. type of conversations with clients. They understand the boundaries and they honor them, just like I honor their boundaries as well. So don't operate like it's business as usual. Let people know what's going on with you. You don't have to be superwoman. You don't have to do all things and be all things to all people. I would say in 2020, I am not doing that. That is a sure way for my mental health and my physical health to deteriorate. So I would encourage you guys to be transparent. Let people know what's going on. And then even above and beyond that, let people know what you need from them. And in particular, if you are from a two-parent household, let your spouse, let your partner know what you need from them. And I know historically, males or husbands haven't been the, the most inclined to share in the housework and in the child rearing. 
on an equal basis. And so I'm not sure for some reason, and I have friends who said for some reason, they don't demand that of their husbands because they feel like I've asked him and he does it wrong every single time. So I'm not even going to bother. But to be honest, this is a special case for a lot of us. And this is the time, if at any time, for you to speak up and say what it is that you need help with. If it's just the two of you and your kids in the household, you got to speak up. You got to say, this is what I need you to do. And for me, I'm a big fan of lists. I'm a big fan of calendars. I'm a big fan of putting things out there and making it plain. You do that, I will do this. Of course, we can be flexible. If meetings come up, if things come up, we can be flexible and support each other. But I think there needs to be a foundation. There needs to be a basis for what you need support with. So don't be Superman or don't be Superwoman. Let people know what you need from them. Get support, demand support from your significant others especially when you're running businesses. Because I said, there is that unspoken bias that as a woman running the business, that maybe you're not quote unquote working. You're not, you know, moving and working as hard as the people who have nine to fives. But I would say that the demand and the pressure on you is a little bit greater because I've said before, you only eat what you kill. So you need to be out there getting business, closing deals in order for you to have money to bring back to your household as well. So don't get it twisted. You are working. So it's important that you then demand the type of support that you need. So that's number one is be transparent about what's going on with you. Don't pretend like everything is normal. Everything is okay. So number two is to get organized because people can't support you if you are always flying by the seat of your pants, if you never know what's coming up next, if you're doing things last minute, how can you ask people for help? Get organized, know what's coming up, know what you need from people and make sure that it's clear. And I I would say from a personal perspective, I'm a big fan of lists, as I said. So my kids have, we have schedules for the kids. I saw my sister jumped on this live and she's taking care of the kids over a weekend before. And in fact, there was a time when both my husband and I had a week long trip and we could not change the business meetings. And we had to ask my sister, thank you, sis, who saved the day in that time. But we had to ask her to come and stay at our place and take the kids to school and do everything for us for that week. And let me tell you, she she's kind of the one who can testify to the fact that we have the kids on a schedule. They know the schedule. It's posted. I have a menu as far as what we're eating for breakfast, lunch and dinner. The kids know what we're eating. I change it seasonally. It's all cooked in advance. It's all frozen in the freezer. And all you have to do is go pick it up and defrost it. So it was easy for someone to step in and help me because I am organized. It's how I kept sane working however many hours on Wall Street. And it's something that I continue to do now that I'm working more than I was working before as I'm building a business. This is a building phase for me. But how can I expect people to help me if I am not organized? Same as in your business. If you need to get people in there to help you, if you need a VA, if you need an online business manager, if your house is a mess as as in your business house, you do not have standard operating procedures. You You do not have SOPs. You always do things in a bespoke manner, meaning that you're doing things differently every single time. You don't have clear, defined processes to do things. How can you expect people to come in, step in, 
and help you out. How can you expect, as I said at the top of this conversation, that a lot of balance is about claiming time so I can allocate that time to motherhood and being with my family? So how can you expect to reclaim time if your house is a mess? And I don't by house, I don't mean your physical home, but I mean your business. I mean your affairs. I mean the way in which you do things. So take a step back and take a look at whether or not someone could step into your business or your household and help you out today if you needed it? Or would you have to be like, hold on a minute, you know, like ding dong, surprise guest at the door, your house is a mess. Would you have to be like, hold on a minute, let me go clean up real quick before you come in here. So think about that. How can you have balance if there's no way for other people to step in and help you? So that's number two, get organized. Number three is to carve out time and ruthlessly protect it. I think people have talked about flexing the no muscle, learning how to say no, learning what aligns with your values, with your mission, and anything that's outside of that, say no. Now that doesn't have to be no forever. That just could be no for right now because this is the season in which I'm building. This is a season in which I'm, I'm saving. I can't be going out to brunch with you 24 seven. So, Think about how you can carve out the time and then put in boundaries so you can ruthlessly protect that. When it comes to motherhood, I learned from a parent coach that my husband and I took on because we have two kids who have distinctly different personalities. The first kid was super easy, super chill, super laid back. The second kid came and she is a force to be reckoned with. The first one is in her own way, but this one is outwardly so. So we were struggling with her because we were also hearing back from the school because they're like, we don't know how to manage your daughter. So we were like, okay, let's figure out how to do this. And one of the things that the parenting coach told us, who's also a child psychologist, said that you need to carve out seven minutes a day to spend with your daughter. It's a minimum. But if you spend seven minutes of undivided time with her, you will reap the benefits tenfold in her behavior. And this is something that experts say kids need. So we took that upon ourselves to have dates set up with our kids. So we, we carved out at least seven minutes for those dates and they get to run the agenda of those seven minutes. But I had to create and we had to create a lifestyle that allowed us to carve that out and ruthlessly defend it. But I would say the same goes for your business. If you have a CEO day, I've talked about having CEO days where you spend it doing, I'm not sure which which of our Back to Business Basics episodes we covered CEO days in, but if you want to go back through our Tuesday episodes, you'll find that. Essentially, if you have set aside a CEO day for your business, and that's your day to be a visionary, your day to think ahead and think about the growth of your business, how you can get your business more efficient, you've got to guard that time. You've got to make sure that you're not allowing projects to creep into that space, that you're not allowing meetings to creep into that space, and that you ruthlessly defend it because the time that you spend now in growing your business and getting it more efficient is going to benefit not only your business now, but also your household and your family later on down the line. So you've got to get ruthless about defending your time and whatever boundaries you've put up. Have some boundaries. I know early on, there's just this need or this this temptation to say yes to every and anything that comes up, every opportunity, but you have to take it back to your mission and vision for what you're trying to build and make sure that you are not allowing yes 
to everything, every opportunity to then encroach in your peace of mind, your mental health, your physical health, and into the time that you're carving and setting aside for your family as a mother. So that's number three is just to carve out and ruthlessly defend time. And then fourth, but not least, optimize. Optimize in your business. So cut out any waste that you are finding. So this is not just, I guess, optimizing in your business. It's also optimizing in your life. So if you're finding that you're leaking time, you look up at the end of the day and you're like, what have I even spent my time on? You've got to do an evaluation of where your time is going. I'm a big proponent when people ask me, how do I manage my day? How do I optimize my time? I'm a big proponent of having people start by doing time audits. Look at it over a course of a week and see where all your time is going hour by hour. Because this is going to help you figure out where your time is going and what you need to ax out, what you need to optimize. But after you've done that initial look at where your time is going, now is the time to try to refine your processes. I have an operations background, so I'm always thinking about how do I improve things. Um, taking it back to, to school this week, I think it was in the news that Mansfield, which is a school district, um, had some parents lining up for hours to pick up their kids' laptops. I think for us, it probably my husband picked it up and you, I guess you drove through the carpool lane and they handed it to you through the window. But it took less than an hour, maybe 30 minutes for him to pick it up. And even then I was like, ooh, they could have optimized that time by walking down the street and handing every parent the QR code so they could you know, scan and sign the parental um, agreement to get the equipment. And he was like, 30 minutes is pretty good. Why are you nitpicking? And that's just my nature. I, I'm always looking at ways to optimize processes, optimize the way people are doing businesses for growth. So I bring that into every aspect of my life. But basically in my business, I have found apps and tools and processes that have helped me cut back so that I'm really, I'm still getting the impact and the effect of my activities, but it's taking me less time to get there. And then as a result, I have more time to spend with family, which is what we're talking about here today, right? So one of the first tools I used was Calendly. Now Calendly is a scheduling app. And I know you, we've all had those back and forth emails where People are asking, when do you want to meet? And then we say, are you available at this time? No, I'm not. Are you available at that time? No, that doesn't work for me. Well, I instated Calendly because all I have to do is send someone my calendar link. It already has my availability on there and they can compare it to their availability and figure out when they want to book me, right? It limits the back and forth of I'm not available then. I think I went in search of this app first because I came from a corporate background where at least for internal meetings, I had Outlook and I could see everyone's availability internally and then I could align times. But because that construct didn't exist in my entrepreneurial world, I had to figure out what app would allow me to do that. And there are multiple apps that do that, but the one that I've gone with is Calendly and it works well for me. The other one I use is FreshBooks. So now this is kind of sounding like a sponsored ad of some sort. It's not, I'm just running down the list of tools and 
processes that have saved me time and helped me then carve out more time to tip the scales in favor of motherhood for me. So for FreshBooks, I'm able to put in recurring billing. So for my clients who are retainer clients, I'm able to set up their billing so that it's recurring. And the great features there are that they're able to send out alerts so that I'm not having to chase if anyone is late. And it sends me the alerts as well. So it lets me know if anyone is running behind on paying their bills. Essentially, it kind of automates that billing process for me. So I don't really need a whole accounting department to do that for me. FreshBooks takes care of that for me. The other thing I would say is templates. So I have templatized everything for my podcast. I have templatized the way I approach people, the way I do my graphics. That's all templatized. So I'm not ever starting anything from scratch when it comes to business proposals that's templatized. Everything is a process that I'm continuing to tweak so that each and every time I have to pitch for a new business, it takes me less time to gather the collateral. Everything is templatized. So make sure that you're finding ways to create templates for yourself so that you're not ever having to reinvent the wheel every single time you do something because that is a time leak for you. The next thing I would say I do is I always look at my numbers. So this is part of the CEO day that we talked about previously where I look at my numbers just to see which products or services are worth the effort that I'm putting into them. Am I getting a return on the time I'm spending? Or is there one product that's earning double everything else? or one service that's earning me double, triple something else. And that tells me that, okay, this is what people are responding to. Therefore, I need to cut support for anything else I have out there. And that saves me time while still increasing the bottom line. So that's been an effective way for me to operate because I've been able to optimize. Now, I already alluded to the fact that I've optimized my life where I have, as I mentioned, I have a menu as far as what's being cooked. I have a cooking day where I cook everything in bulk and freeze so that it's always in the freezer. If you look at my freezer right now, Monday, it's aligned to something that's in the freezer. Tuesday, it's aligned to something that's in the freezer. But we're kind of coming up or, or we're coming up to time where I need to change the menu because every single day of the week we're eating something different. So we don't, that doesn't get old. But once you do that for three months, I like to switch it up and do something else that I cook in bulk. So I found ways to optimize my life. Now you'll notice as I listed those four items, none of them was outsource because especially from a personal perspective, that's not something that is as available to us with COVID, right? A lot of us are having to figure out alternatives to childcare because formally, one of my kids was going to daycare. The other one was going to school physically. We also had babysitters that would come to the house. We also had like a, a childcare play center that we would send the kids to if we were in a pinch. That's not an option for us anymore. I think I, I have a husband that is probably hyper, hyper, hyper sensitive to what's going on here. And he kind of keeps me balanced. If I ever start to get too fast and loose with this COVID situation, he pulls me right back. So definitely we're not ready to be out and about. And it's important for us to figure out how else we can outsource. Yes, but childcare isn't one of the options for us right now when it comes to motherhood. So I need to figure out how to optimize in other parts of our lives. So we don't have a, a housekeeper who comes through and cleans. We did at one point, definitely not anymore. Um, we're lucky enough to get our groceries delivered or you know, our local grocer has a service where we can order online and they'll put the groceries into my my trunk when I when I drive by. So 
Little things like that, yes, are saving us money as we are outsourcing those services in our lives. But by and large, the this type of outsourcing that traditionally people did with caregivers who are either family members is not an option to us because aside from my sister who does live in town, my family lives out of state and internationally. So we don't have the option of working with grandmas and grandpas to help us with childcare. And even in the age of COVID, that's that's the population that we're trying to that we're trying to protect. I think there have been whole families that have gotten together for reunions and then lo and behold, the matriarch of the family passes away because they caught COVID from one of the younger members of the family who wasn't showing symptoms of COVID. So I, that's just not a scenario that, long story short, is an option for us. So I think I covered all four as far as four ways I'm able to balance motherhood with entrepreneurship today to quickly recap. And then I would love to hear any questions, comments, I'll, I'll scroll through that you guys have, or if any of you wants to come up with me, um, I'm happy to also bring you on live. But the Settled Nomad group, you said you love that app and you use that too. Which app was that that you used? I know I talked about Fresh Book, Fresh Fresh Books and Calendly as well. There are many more that I use because when you think about it, um, when you're a solopreneur who's just outsourcing where you need to, you utilize a lot of software as a service options. But kind of going back through, the first one was to be transparent meaning that let people know that this is not business as usual. Don't pretend like everything is okay and then keep going above and beyond in the way that you previously were going above and beyond. Don't try to be superwoman. Just be transparent about what reality looks like today. Number two was to get organized so people can help you. If, if things are disheveled and all over the place, no one can pick up and really help you in the way you need them. Ah, fresh books for invoicing. Nice. I, I love that. Um, so number three was to carve out and ruthlessly defend your time because if it's important to you to show up as a mother in whatever way you would like to show up, you're going to need the time to do that. So make sure that you create the time to do that. Number four was to optimize and cut out waste. So if you're wasting time doing whatever it is you're wasting time doing in your life and your business, which of course then is taking time away from you, you want to make sure that you're finding ways to get um, optimized in your life. So those are the four ways that I'm able to balance motherhood with entrepreneurship specifically now in the post or in the COVID world. I don't know that we'll ever be post COVID, but um, as we are finding ways to adapt, this is how I'm able to show up in the way I want to show up as a mother. How are you guys balancing motherhood with entrepreneurship? What is working for you? I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear from you guys as well. So you're saying you're not well. Childcare is the hardest. That is true. I attended a live with an expert who was talking about homeschooling because they had done homeschooling for the majority of their career, although they were a doc the, the, the individual was a doctor, but they had done homeschooling and they said it's important that you're able to distinguish childcare from education. So what she had done was outsourced in order to homeschool when she wasn't the homeschooler. She was able to get a tutor who took care of the homeschooling teaching perspective and then got someone like a college student who took care of the child care aspect. So I think those are the two things that we get from the education system when our kids are going. So 
I mean, I would say for me, it's not 100% figured out. But at the same time, I've worked very hard to put in a foundation that at least makes it easier. And the biggest thing for me is asking for what I need from my my spouse. And if you listened to the podcast episode for our 10-year anniversary episode that I did with my husband, um, you'll see on there that we are very much 50-50 partners in everything that we do because... I made it clear, we met in college and I made it clear that if I was marrying someone, we would be partners in every aspect that I was, I I was going places I told him in college and that if we were going to have a family together, we were going to support each other in that. And so that's never been an issue for us. He picks up where I leave off. I pick up where he leaves off and we're able to support each other in that way. So that works well for us. And then, so you said you almost reverse your day. You work 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. because we can't, yeah, you can't get work done efficiently. Oh, that's, that's so true. And you know, I've thought about that. I've thought about, should we be working different hours? And to some extent we have, at least for me, I, I used to do this often or on, but I think I'm going to have to do it more consistently where I wake up before the kids and get some work done before the school day starts. And then I can be present with them and get things done that I don't require, that don't require as much focus when they have, because we have the day broken up into synchronous and asynchronous time where they're directly working with the teacher. So during, at least today, I found that during the synchronous times, I could be on my, my computer working. And then during asynchronous times, I could be there and present with her. So I think it's something that we're going to have to figure out day to day. But I don't know. I also don't want to burn the candles on both ends from a physical health perspective. So I'm going to need to figure out what's that balance going to be like so that I can actually get work done, but not feel like then I have to stay up until midnight in order to catch up. But I found that when we first started this whole homeschooling bit or remote learning bit at the beginning, you know, around the spring break time, the biggest frustration was probably caused by parents trying to work as, you know, focused, work in as focused a way as they were working before. And then having the kids there and having to manage the kids. So I think your your mindset has to change just like yours has changed. Your mindset has to change knowing that things it's not business as usual. So you're going to have to change something. Something's going to have to give. So for you guys, you have four-year-old twins. Oh my goodness. And a six-year-old. You sound exactly like one of my girlfriends. She has maybe they're five. They're five-year-old twins and a seven-year-old. Um, but yeah, so I think it takes it takes time. It's something that you're going to have to tweak and adjust to figure out what works for you. Because what works this week may not work next week because the kids are also growing. They're changing. Their temperament changes. So what worked for them before might not work for them, you know, later on down the road. So I would say give yourself grace. Set yourself up for success. Don't be a hot mess express to begin with so that no one can help you, but also be open to the fact that we're all learning who's been through a pandemic before. I mean, maybe there are some people who are still alive from back then, but um, for the most part, we're all still figuring out what, what to do and how to manage. But in some regards, life still has to go on. So we just need to figure out what can we do in order to enhance the cards that we've been dealt. 
So I figured, hey, I'm all about sharing what's working. So I wanted to at least jump on here, share what's working for me. And if I can learn from you guys, I really appreciate everyone who jumped on today as usual. Thank you for interacting. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you enjoy listening to our show, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network. Between episodes, you can find me on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Offscript.com. See you on the next one.